Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. We're going gardening with uh, Peter Dowdell. Good afternoon to you, Peter. We're going gardening in the cold. Ah, uh, it's a, uh, it is it is cold, but there's meant to be some bright spots, and it's a nice warm day tomorrow. It'll be nice and mild tomorrow. We'll so. take that. We'll take so, that. Uh, where, where, where I am today, it's actually glorious, but it's cold. I'm up in a. You may not have heard of it, but you should have heard of it. It's one of these fantastic gardens. It's up in County Wicklow, a place called Kilmacurra. It's actually our second uh, National Botanic Gardens. Glasnevin is our. The one that everybody the main knows, one, Botanic yeah. Gardens in Dublin, but Kilmacurra is also a National Botanic Garden. Well, it's a fantastic place. Fantastic. But it's cold. And it's yeah, cold. but once you, once you can wrap up, you're fine. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Once you, once you can get wrapped up against it, you're, you're grand. I think just to get out at all, even for a short period of time, it's just good for the soul. OK, let's get straight into questions for you. Hi, Patricia, could you ask Peter, can I cut back my geranium? It's The leaves are a bit burnt, says Sheila. I'm guessing by geranium she means what we refer to as the tender geraniums, the kind of bedding plant geraniums. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And yes, you can cut it back. And I, I suppose the correct course of action is you should have brought it in for the winter. Now maybe maybe she has. It shouldn't have been left out. But this winter winter has been so mild. Really, the geraniums have survived outside. But uh, so anyway, whether or which whether it's outside or inside, you could cut it back now, and it should start to produce new growth later in the year. The the other type of geranium that it could be is the more correctly named one, if you like, which is the herbaceous geranium, which are known as cranes bills. Most, but not all of them, are herbaceous, which means they die back, die back for the winter. So their foliage would be looking brown. And so if it's the case with them, yes, you could cut them back to ground level now at this time of the year. OK, Mick in Toker is on the other line with a gardening question. Good afternoon, Mick. Good afternoon, Patricia. OK, you're through to Peter there. What's your question? Thank you very much, Peter. I have two questions, if you don't mind. The first one is about pyracanta plants. I have a south-facing uh, patio, and on the east and west wall of either side, I have two large uh, pyracanta plants. Now, they're about 40-plus years old, and every year up to about three years ago, or maybe four, it, there used to be a profusion of white flowers, which there still is every summer, but I had a profusion of red berries then for the winter. But for the last few years... I've only got a few berries and the white flowers tend to wither and fall off. Should I be feeding them with something special or do you think they're too old? Somebody said that to me, that they might be too old. No, you're never too old. That's what I say. Never too <laughs> yeah. old. Right? Okay. Be, be that in, oh, in, human, in human years or plant years, that's, that's not the case. So, yeah. um, so the, 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 are, do you think those flowers are withering and falling off earlier than they should do? The flowers are perfect, Peter, through the summer. And then when they should be, you know, withering and the berries starting to form, the whole little flower, I have examined them, the whole little flower tends to just wither in the plant. And if you rub them, the whole lot falls off. 
Okay, but, not, but they're, they're flowering for as long as you think they should. Oh, they you are. Know I mean? They are, I yeah, think okay. so, yeah. But well, then I'm afraid, I'm, af- yeah. I'm afraid your problem, uh, Mick, is on a grander scale. Your problem yeah. is po- it's pollination. It's, it's, uh, the plant is fine. The plant is thriving. The leaves look well. It's flowering well. Everything is fine. Forty years yeah. isn't that old in plant language. Right. Uh, it's, a pol- it's a pollination problem. And that's, it, those plants are pollinated by the bees uh, and other oh. flying insects. And if, oh. they can't, if they're not there or if it's too windy or anything like that, they can't do their job. And unfortunately, as we're all aware... We yeah. are losing species yeah. of pollinators every day, and that, that's, yeah. that's how it's right. manifesting itself. If, yeah. um, if, if, uh, if the flowers were falling off early, like I thought maybe you were saying it could have been a fungal disease, but I don't think you have any disease problem there. I think it's just quite, quite straightforward that we don't no. have pollinators. My, in the plant, my plants, the two plants look very, very healthy. Even I'm looking at them now, Peter, they're very healthy. But what yeah. you're saying seems to be right, because I get a couple of dozen berries, whereas before there used to be thousands of berries in them, yeah. you know. No, that's not, it's, 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 not, no. it's not any lack in feeding, it's not any lack in potash or anything like that, because if it was, you wouldn't be getting the flowers in the first place. So the fact that you're getting the flowers, but they're not turning into berries, is a pollinating problem. That's and that's not good. Insects, no, it's not good. It's not, not good. good. And you have a oh, second, you have a second uh, question, Mick? I have a second question. Our dear old friend, Patricia, Peter, uh, the Moss, um, a friend of mine has a large tarmac area in front and they had an infestation of moss, but very much so on the northern end. And they sprayed it with Moscow, and uh, it cleaned, well, it, it burned the moss and most of it. But I try to get more Moscow, but Moscow seems to be disappearing. There's other uh, treatments coming out instead. But this guy, one guy said to me, look, use salt in it. Everybody uses salt. So I've spread salt in it three weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Is that okay? Have you heard of that, Peter? Or is that no, absolutely, right? absolutely, and salt will work. The only thing you want to be careful of there, Mick, is where the salt, when it when it does dissolve with the rainwater, and that where it's running off to. In other words, you wouldn't want that salty solution of water running into your lawn or running into a yeah. flower bed. Yeah. So yeah. that's okay. But there is another product, uh, Moscow Probiotic, which has replaced it, which is a much more environmentally sound product, and that's right. very, very effective. It's Moscow, the same brand name, but it's Moscow Probiotic. And that, and that, that is, is, is very, that very made effective. By, is that made by Hygieia again? Do you it know? is made. It's same made company. Yeah, it is. Same company. company. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mick. Okay. Okay, listen, thanks very much. Well, and, th- and thank you. Jarrah uh, says, hi, Peter. I have a great cop- crop of rhubarb at the moment. However, the stalks are very thin and a lot of the leaves are turning yellow and reddish. Is it too late to feed it? And when is the best time to split the stools? Any I advice? I would say splitting the stools is the answer more than feeding. Uh, I would do that kind of late summer, lift them out of the ground early autumn, lift them, split them and replant them. Uh, at that point, feed them. Feed them with good, well-rotten, uh, even seaweed. A good seaweed feed would be very good. Even seaweed that you, you, you take from the beach and, compost, beach and compost, that will work very, very well. Rhubarb is a heavy feeder. It does get congested after a few years, so it does need splitting. So I'd say that's the problem. Someone has just sent in a text and you use bread soda that also clears moss. I've heard of the soda. Does bread soda work as well? Uh, the, the, yeah, but the salt is probably cheaper than the bread soda. But anyway, thank you for your bread soda uh, tip from that listener. Uh, just wondering, says another listener, is it too late to set dahlia bulbs? Thanking you. No, I would say not. I'd say you're still fine. And it's the kind of thing, if you have them, definitely plant them as opposed to not, because they won't store. So do plant them if you have them. But even if you haven't, no, I wouldn't be worried about going out to buy them buy them in the shop. Now, just make sure when you're buying any summer bulbs like that in the shops now, just make sure that they haven't dried out completely in the packet. In other words, make sure there's some sign of life. You might, even with the dahlias, you'd expect to see the, the shoots beginning in, in the paper bag or the plastic bag now. So, yeah, no, plant away. 
Hi Peter, I have Hebe and they're gone wild. Can I cut them back now? Uh, yes, you can. Sorry, yes, you can. But the thing is with Hebe's, when they do go wild and they do, they get very woody and leggy and kind of unkempt. You can't cut them back too hard, unfortunately. It's like lavender. They, 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 they will get woody and they will get all over the place. You do need to cut them back, but do it gradually. So with the Hebe, cut it back now by all means, but do absolutely make sure that you're leaving greenery below where you cut. So you mightn't be cutting back more than a couple of inches where you might feel it needs to be cut back a few feet. So you cut back your couple of inches and what will happen then, that will force the dormant leaf buds that are on the stems down below it, it'll force them to green up and then you can cut back a bit harder and then a bit harder and keep going. But it could take about two years to get it to the, the shape you want. And during that period when you are keep when you are persistently cutting it back, you're also removing flower buds. So you're going to lose the flowers for that period as well. But yes, you, it can be done. What is the fastest climbing plant? I need uh, to climb a 20-foot wall. Self-clinging clinging is important. What would Peter suggest? Right, well, I would be very careful if you're looking for the fastest climbing or <laughs> fastest energy. Because it can take off. <laughs> once it's got to its 20 feet, it ain't going to stop, I'm afraid. So you could have a problem on your hands. But, so if you, there are several. Like clematis are very, very fast growing and the wild clematis and the, the mile a minute and Russian vine and all these, they're very, very fast, but they're not self-clinging. So if you want a self-clinging one, ivy is self-clinging, but it's actually not that fast, believe it or not. Um, I would say maybe the Virginia creeper, you know, the one that goes the lovely red color in the autumn. That's a good self-clinger, and that's very, very fast. Uh, climbing hydrangea is another self-clinger, but it's relatively slow. Um, in self-clinging, then, see, most of the fastest ones would be what we call not self-clinging. They'd need uh, wire or trellis or something to support them, the really fast ones. I'd say, I think the fastest of all of them, the self-clinging is the one I just said there. It, it's the Virginia creeper or Boston ivy. Okay, washing powder from Moss, says Mary. I always use it. Again, any, a lot of those t- tips seem to work, but you've got to be very careful where it runs off. Yes, it's what damage it, it may yeah. be doing. It may be doing no damage, I just don't know, but it may be damaging as well. Just that. be careful. Sheila says, hi Patricia and uh, Peter, I have a 35-year-old green Leylande cypress hedge. A few years ago, my neighbour removed a Grisolinia hedge that was back-to-back with mine. That has caused holes in my hedge. Is there anything I could do to help it recover? I'm afraid the short answer is no. There isn't really. When when you have a situation like that with any conifer where something has been growing next to it, it gets removed. The reason it's brown and there's holes is because there was no sunlight getting to it. That's not going to regenerate, I'm afraid. All you can do is trim up around it to try and get it to green up a small bit. But no, it's not going to fill that hole. And sorry, I don't have any magic wand on that one. That's, uh, it's, it's gone and then that's it. OK, Jerry in Kanturk. I cut back uh, roses um, about three weeks ago. I now want to move them as I want to put a water butt where the roses currently are. If I move them, do I have to cut the roots of the rose? Advice, please. When is the best time uh, to do it? And will they do okay in a different part of the garden? Okay, well, a couple of things to bear in mind. No, it's not the right time of the year to do it. Ideally, this should have been done in January or February. Uh, The the situation is you need to do it, so that's fine because you're putting in the water butt. So you have to do it. So give it a go, nothing, nothing to lose. You won't have to really cut the roots. Roses grow on a long taproot with some very small fibrous roots uh, coming off it. Uh, so you shouldn't really have to cut it. Just dig it as deep as you can. They'll come out quite easily. Um, 
cut it back. I know you have cut them back, but cut them back maybe even harder. I would cut them back to within six inches of the root system when you're lifting it and moving it. They will hopefully grow successfully in another part of the garden. They will need plenty of water during this growing season uh, and a good rose food, like the Goulding's rose food, plenty of compost when planting. Do everything that you can for it. Uh, and I, you know what, I mean, we are late, later than the ideal time, but I'd, say, I'd be confident that they will move. Um, but the only thing to bear in mind, they, they will move Wherever you move them to, they will they will grow away, provided there wasn't roses there before. There's a thing called replant disease, uh, which is specific to roses. So it means now I know you won't be planting a rose where this one came out of because because um, you're putting the water butt there. But where you are going to be planting the rose, if there was a rose growing in that area, I won't. Yeah. The last fifteen years, believe it or not, it is it fifteen grow. years? Yeah, fifteen years. Okay. Yeah. So and it won't grow. It just simply won't grow no. when another rose yeah, rose is gone. Okay, is there such thing as a camel plant? How can I slip a camel plant? I'd have to check that one. I don't know. See, I saw, and, and I sometimes worry that its predictive text comes in as no, camel. So if somebody wants to check uh, exactly what that is, this a good time, says Mary Morbury, to cut down shrubs and hedging. Uh, it's a very well, broad question now. It is broad and it does depend on the hedge. So deciduous hedge would be good to be cut back kind of February or before the start of March. Uh, evergreen hedges you, you do kind of in the autumn. But just bear in mind, uh, for hedges, we're not allowed to cut them back now until September again from the, the Wildlife Act because birds nesting season and that. So bear that in mind with your hedges. We're not allowed to cut them back. So wait till the autumn. Uh, with your shrubs, it's, it's not a general, you can cut everything back now. So thing, general rule of thumb, if I can give one, is spring flowering plants. So plants that will be flowering, let's say, from February to April, they flower on wood that is produced the previous year. Okay? okay. So in other words, things like forsythia, magnolias, things like that, they are going to flower on growth that is produced this year. So cut them back now if they finish flowering, to get lots of growth this year, and that'll give you lots of flower next spring. However, plants that will flower in the summer will flower on current year's growth. So later flowering plants like your hebes, as we referred to, and things like that, they're all going to flower on, on growth that is produced this year. Okay? Yeah. So you could cut them back now, no problem, because they haven't started producing growth yet. So, so summer flowering, you would cut back uh, late winter, early spring. Spring flowering, you cut back after flowering. Okay, all right, good, good advice. Okay, have you lots on this week? We're very, very busy at the moment. But one thing I do want to give a shout out to Trish is on the thirteenth of April, I was asked. I'm very happy to help out with the the Cope Foundation, which is a fantastic organisation in Cork. Um, their Flowers of Hope campaign. So oh, I'm giving, yeah. I'll be giving a gardening demonstration in Beach Hill Garden Centre, which is run by the Cope Foundation in Montanati, on the thirteenth. And Saturday the 13th of April, I'll be giving a gardening demo about including, encompassing all biodiversity in the garden, how to garden, to, to work with biodiversity, and obviously to make your garden ready for the summer and all that. That's on the 13th of April in Beach Hill in Montanati. It's for the Cope Foundation, Flowers of Hope. Uh, do come along because I I won't be doing believe it or not too many uh, demos in Cork this year okay. uh, so I'll certainly be at that one 13th of April and, and we will remind listeners of it closer will, to course, the date yeah. alright Peter have a good week and we'll talk to you next week thanks for that that is uh, Peter Dowdle uh, of the the irishgardener.com Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout let's hear that one more time 
the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. 